You're listening to the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast with Vicky Marinka, a podcast about the corporate communications profession and the people who work in it. Today, I'm talking with Malika Basu. Malika has many strings to her bow. She's held senior positions in PR agencies, is a food entrepreneur and writer, and with two Indian recipe books under her belt. Today, we're going to talk about having a portfolio career, a subject close to my heart, When I left permanent employment in 2014, I had four separate income streams, which was a bit unmanageable and quite a challenge. I think it's particularly relevant to talk about different ways of working during 2020, with people being made redundant and wondering how they're going to find their next job or even thinking about a career change. Hi, Malika. Lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Vicky. This is such a pleasure. And I really hope that the sound quality prevails because we're obviously in separate places, still being in lockdown, but um, hopefully everyone can hear us well. So I always start by asking a couple of questions which just give you a chance to introduce yourself. So let's dive in. Give me your elevator pitch. How do you describe what you do to strangers? I work in food and drink communications, Vicky. It's very simple. That's so well encapsulated, short, sharp and sweet. Can you give me a potted history of your career in just a few sentences? Sure. Um, I started working in communications about 20 years ago. I graduated with a journalism degree, worked briefly as a financial journalist, and then very quickly went over to the dark side. And about 14 years ago, so six years into my communications career, I started writing a food blog. And my food blog very quickly led to a book deal. And it sort of kickstarted my portfolio career in the communications industry. But it wasn't until about six years ago that I decided to take the plunge and formally look at how cookery and the Indian food writing might actually be a career and be financially beneficial in the way that the communications industry was. Since you left your last agency, you've been involved in numerous projects and pitches. Can you tell me about some of those? I am an investor in a spice business, and it felt like a natural progression to do something that commercialized my background in the communications world and also my love of Indian cookery and spices. But in August this year, I set up my own communications consultancy, and I've got a strap line, which is communications a commercial impact. Um, Because, you know, as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman myself, I often felt like there was a real distance between, you know, what communications campaigns are designed to achieve and the bottom line. And of course, the bottom line is almost front face for me all the time because I almost start with that. Um, so it's it's only been a few months. You could argue that I've set up a new business in possibly the worst time imaginable, um, but it's been fantastic. I um, work with a consultancy as a food and beverage advisor that looks at better town centers and works with town councils and commercial real estate players called Dadobi. So that's very exciting because obviously food and beverage have a huge role to play in um, better high streets and town centers going forward. Um, I've worked with a really, really exciting um, food brand called Acha, which is trying to be the first ever wholesome Indian high street sort of takeaway grab and go offer. Um, And that was fabulous because I only met them because I'm a social media influencer, what I hate. But, you know, they came to me to ask me to be their brand ambassador. 
acid. And I basically upsold them uh, a comms campaign. And that's been fascinating. And on the other side, Vicky, and because there is never rest for the wicked, I've had a ton of interest and exciting things happen on the food and drink side. So for myself, so Sizzle Spices has pitched out to three retailers who are really interested to stock us. Um, and I've done some fantastic campaigns uh, for the likes of Tilda Rice for their 50th anniversary and also Morrison's for Diwali as an Indian food influencer. And I'll tell you what, like I know that all sounds very disparate and very kind of, you know, varied, but there is a red thread. And the red thread is that I have an inside outside perspective. You know, I build communications campaigns for food and drink brands, for organizations, having a real insider's view. It's been wonderfully varied and the portfolio career seems to be going from strength to strength. Food and drink is the thread that runs through all of your work. The challenge that I had when I first started as self-employed was that I had different income streams that really didn't link together. Do you think it's important to have that thread, that link running through all of the work that you do? That's a really interesting question, Vicky. And that's because it didn't initially. I kept my communications career and my food and drink work very separate. And I used specific channels of communication and specific bits of networking to keep everything separate. Um, But what I've done more recently is try to bring the two together more closely because it is quite hard to manage two completely separate bits Um, bits of work and career interests. Um, But that's not to say it's not possible. I did it very successfully for very many years. Do you think you need to be passionate about all of the elements to make a portfolio career work? Or can there be a sort of more pragmatic approach to some of those channels? I think there can definitely be a more pragmatic approach to channels. I think the key is being very, very efficient and very organized about the way you approach your portfolio career. You know, when I started out, I basically wrote a 10 year plan and I do that and I've updated it as I go along because there have been surprise events, funnily enough. Um, But, you know, it's really, really important to have a sense of where you're headed and what you want to achieve. And there are certain things you must do because needs must, bills need to be paid. And, you know, with cookbooks, for instance, I started with that and the blog and there's no money in cookbooks, you know, unless you're on television, unless you send millions of copies. For me, that was very much a passion, but I was very acutely aware that it would not pay me enough to pay my bills. Um, But then I was lucky to have this other um, you know, career, which is in the, in the corporate world, in the communication space, that helped me do exactly that, which is pay the bills. What are the challenges that you have at the moment juggling all these different projects and how do you prioritise what to work on? I would say I'm probably luckier than most because the communications industry is a brilliant way to hone your multitasking skills And, you know, if you think about the PR agency lifestyle, the communications consultancy lifestyle, we're basically thriving on doing a million things at a go. So I used to joke about this. And I recently did a talk with the University of Westminster's master's in PR students. And I said to them, you know, the thing I love about the communications industry is that you wake up in the morning and your day could look completely different to what it used to look like. And that's one of the reasons also I've never really gone in-house. I've loved the PR agency buzz of, you know, pitching, delivering, you know, doing one client one day, doing a completely different sector another day. 
actually, if you think about it, the, the PR career, the communications world lends itself really nicely to having a portfolio career because all you're doing is just adding a few more things in the mix. What you can't do, however, is essentially thinking very strictly about how your day is going to be. You need to be flexible in the way you approach your life and your things to do list. So what do you think are the benefits for you of this free range approach to work, if I can call it that? Well, the biggest advantage of a portfolio career to me is it allows me to do all the things I love (laughs) and I'm very grateful for it. Tell me what the disadvantages are then of of being self-employed and having these multiple income streams. It can't be all good. Well, the biggest disadvantage is you have to have a lot of energy and you have to be very efficient. And that is not for everybody. You really have to think about whether a portfolio career is for you. Um, It also isn't for you if you don't like being lonely or being on your own a lot because you're not in an office the whole time. You're not bouncing ideas off other people the whole time. And you do have substantial chunks of the day where and the week where you have to motivate yourself. And if you're not a hugely self-motivated person and you're not highly energetic, that can be quite difficult. You also have to think about whether you can take on all the other bits and bobs that you need to do, which come with running your own business. So, you know, the admin, the finances, you know, looking at the bigger picture, doing the planning and the delivery, building a team around you of like-minded people that you want to work with. Because of course, it, the buck doesn't just stop with you. You know, there are lots of deliverables and you need to pull people in. So, you know, you have to look at the whole picture. On the one hand, yes, you get to pursue your passion. It's flexible. There's better work-life balance. You can turn down people and things that you don't want to work with or work for. But on the, the downside is all of those things I've talked about, but also, you know, biting off a lot and making sure you can chew it on spit out the bits that don't work for you um, is I think the big thing that you have to think about and you know not just being flexible on a daily basis be flexible with opportunities like you know if something comes through the door can you grab it and run with it you know I was on the verge of killing off my food writing piece because I'm just like well it doesn't pay I've done my cookbooks not going to be doing another cookbook in a rush Um, and then suddenly British Library called and said well, would you run some food writing courses for us on Zoom? Well, let me have a think about that. Of course I will. And, you know, just picking up opportunities as they come and being able to be, you know, very flexible and kind of ready to grab the opportunities, I think is another one. You're someone who just sort of sucks up new opportunities. You say yes to everything, which is so wonderful. Do you ever feel the need to say no? One of the best sayings I've heard in my recent life is no is a complete sentence. So it's one of the things I really struggled with in my career and in my life generally. And, you know, the thing about being in the communications industry and having a successful career in PR is that you are quite naturally a people pleaser. You know, being charming and being able to please is a really important skill set of working in the communications industry. And I've always really struggled with just saying no. And uh, mercifully, Vicky, I've gotten much better at it. And age may have a role to play in that as well. But, you know, now, and I've talked about some wonderful opportunities I've had recently, but there are lots of opportunities I just turned down. And there is no shame in that. You know, you can't do everything at once. You have to take um, time off 
really, really important, especially if you have a portfolio career, to give yourself time, you know, to recharge. And I've gotten better at that. And it's a skill I work on. It's something I have, I'm still developing. And, you know, even with Diwali, for instance, I had a ton of um, brands get in touch for campaigns. And I just said, my fee started X. And if you don't have a budget big enough to accommodate that, I'm afraid it's a no. Before we even discussed what they wanted, you know, there was a starting point. And I turned at least three brands away, one of whom was a diversity marketing agency who frankly should have known better. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you really do. You really need to think about which bits add up to your end goal. And that's why the plan is so important. So I have this wonderful kind of red thread chart that I created. And there's Malika Basu food at the top. And then it's got these three arms, you know, there's sizzle spices, there's the Indian cooking and food writing, which is all the influencer type stuff, the food writing bits. And then there's the communications consultancy piece, which is, you know, advising brands, advising businesses, you know, working with organizations, you know, working with Adobe, the Better Towns Consortium. And if something doesn't neatly fit into one of those three things, or very actively contribute to pushing me or my interests forward. I just don't do it. I think that's a really great tip, being very structured about it. So you don't have people to bounce off. You're not working day to day in an office surrounded by other people. How do you get your support? Where does that come from? It's been a really tough year for that, to be honest, Vicky. And I think, you know, um, I'm a real extrovert. I don't know if that's coming across. Obviously, long career in the communications industry. Very happy under a camera, you know, in front of a camera. And that's been incredibly hard. And I think one of the big issues with remote working is that, you know, especially for our industry, so much of it is based on bouncing ideas off people, getting your creative juices flowing, just getting ideas from lateral thinking. So you could be walking up the stairs or going up the escalator on the tube and you see these posters and it sparks something else off. And, um, you know, that's a challenge, if I'm honest. And I think remote working in spurts or well-managed is fine, but there is a reason why as social beasts, we do need to interact and I don't think we can replace face-to-face interaction. Uh, I've been setting up lots of Zoom calls. I have a team that I've pulled together that do various things. So I have people who do digital marketing, who do PR for me. Um, I've got content marketing peeps. I've got destination experts. And I'll often do a Zoom call to bring people around and we bounce ideas off each other. I do have a desk in Oxford Circus that I use twice a week. Um, I'm very lucky I live centrally, so it's a short and quite low-risk journey for me to make. And that gives me a bit of a change of scene. And then obviously there are my kids. You know, my kids are an endless source of all sorts of things, including creativity, um, especially on the Indian food side, you know, because when I recipe test or I come up with ideas, I will get them to help me just go through the ideas or taste my food and cooking. And that's been quite good because, you know, they will just say what they think, won't they? Which is terrifying, to be honest, but also enormously (laughs) useful. And so I've worked my way around this year, but hopefully come next year, things will look a lot more normal in whatever shape or form that takes. And we'll be back to just interacting and coming up with ideas for each other and with each other. You're very active on social media. We all have to be at the moment. Do you find social media a supportive place to be or is it a drain on your time? 
And I think, you know, a lot of communications peeps get digital and social media so wrong. The key word in social media is social, you know, and a lot of people, unfortunately, still treat it like digital comms as push media. And a lot of people who do influencer strategy and influencer campaigns don't know how influencer strategy works because they're not influencers. And so for me, I think it's time well spent. It gives me a chance to test my ideas. It gives me a real insider's perspective on what works and what doesn't, what some of the key themes are, um, some of the zeitgeist, you know, how content marketing works from the inside. Um, you know, when I started doing social media, I was building my personal brand. And I did quite a lot of work with that on the strategic level with, with my clients, kind of thinking about, well, what do you want to put out there? Or how do you want to be seen? What do you need to be thinking about? And, and I think, you know, it, it's essential. You cannot be a communicator in today's world and not be an ace at social media. It, it's just fundamental to how we communicate these days. It's a bit like saying, you know, I work in PR, but I don't bother with magazines. <laughs> you just can't do that. And so I think it is quite time consuming, but absolutely 100% worth it. And everybody, no matter what generation you are, you need to get your head um, into what social media can achieve for you and just get using it effectively. Well, you're at the top of my LinkedIn feed absolutely every day. So you're definitely doing that right. Do you ever switch off? I switch off all the time. So, um, and this is something again, Vicky, I've had to teach myself how to do because I wasn't very good at switching off. Um, and it was particularly hard, I'll be honest, when I had a three day a week consultancy gig Plus, I was writing a cookbook and running all my social channels. You know, it was basically I was working round the clock. And, you know, it's not a very healthy way to live. And your brain needs the downtime. And it's not just about the sleep. It's also about just resting and relaxing and watching something that's completely unrelated, that has nothing to do with your day jobs. And so, yes, I've gotten much better at relaxing. I've taken to Netflix quite considerably in the last year and a bit. I, you know, I hang out with my friends when lockdown allows, obviously. You know, I do a lot of things. I do yoga. I do exercise. You know, I give myself moments of just doing nothing. And the great thing, of course, in my portfolio careers is that I find cooking very relaxing. So even when I'm finished filing copy or writing recipes for brands or doing my social media posts, I'll just cook myself a really leisurely meal. Yesterday, I poached a chicken with lemongrass and coffee lime leaves. And, you know, that was an hour's worth of just pure joy. And, you know, then I served it, I laid the table and I'd spent the whole day cooking the Bali recipes um, for uh, Morrison's. And then I laid the table and I had chopped coriander and fresh lime and, you know, all these toppings, chopped chilies and, um, you know, dumplings that had cooked in the broth that we were topping our soup bowls with. And, you know, it was wonderful. My, my sort of support bubble came around, my kids were there, we played board games. And, you know, it was a few hours of just pure bliss. And I think if you're going to have a portfolio career, you need to build downtime into your work and into how you live your life, because otherwise it, it is very, very difficult. Your support bubble are very lucky people. My support bubble and also my neighbours at the moment are definitely reaping the rewards. Of <laughs> they are. <laughs>
What advice would you give to someone who's thinking about becoming self-employed? Perhaps, you know, they're in a, a difficult situation at the moment. Do you think that a free range lifestyle can can suit everyone? And how do people prepare for that? My biggest advice would be to suck it and see, because you've got nothing to lose, right? Especially now, given what's happening out there. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? That it doesn't work out and you have to go back on the job market, which is going to inevitably recover, right? So this is my third or fourth downturn, you know, economic, low recession, call it what you will. And I can tell you in my 20th year of a communications career that what goes down must come up. You know, things do change, things do improve. And, you know, this could be your opportunity to take the plunge and completely rethink the way you live your life. Or it could could give you the opportunity to try something a little bit different and see where you net out. I would just map everything out, have a rough plan. Don't just bounce your way through it. Have a think about what you'd like to achieve. Have a five-year plan. And, you know, you never know. This could be your chance to do what you love. And it could be the starting point of something amazing. And if it isn't, you've tried something different and a bit new. And you've got the comfort blanket of going back into a role and picking up the pieces and starting afresh in a career maybe you've had. So and then you can say you've tried it. And how do you want your career to evolve? Do you think you'll be doing this for some time? That's a really good question. I have this vague idea at the top of my, you know, food and drink Malika apex, which is to be the Mary Porters of the food and drink world. And I sort of started with that. And, uh, you know, we'll see where I net out. But in the interim, I have a plan. I have an idea and I'm working towards it. And uh, we, we'll see how close I get to Mary Porters or not. So at the end of the podcast, I always ask a few questions of everyone. I'd like to ask you about one campaign or project that you will be remembered for. What stands out for you? The answer to that is none, I hope, because the job of a good communicator is to be behind the scenes. So I'd rather I wasn't remembered for any comms campaigns, but that my clients were remembered for having some really excellent advice and doing and saying all the right things at the right time. Okay, let me frame it another way. What campaign are you most proud of? (laughs) There were a few. I think I really enjoyed working with Coca-Cola because they were having such a trouble, like such a difficult time with the whole sugar and low-calorie sweeteners. Really enjoyed working with Avon, um, which was looking at all its messaging and narrative around the women's causes it supported um, and visited, revisited the narrative with 34 heads of communications from around the world in a room back in the days when it was still allowed, Vicky. And I was really proud of that because Avon is such an amazing brand. And, you know, the company is run by some incredible and really lovely people. So I really enjoyed that. I think I would love to work with them again. And who from history would you most like to have had the opportunity to work with or do the communications for? Delia Smith celebrated her 50th anniversary in the food world. And I think that was in 2019. And I'd love to work with her because she was really instrumental and inspirational in my early days in the cookery world. And she's such an interesting character. She has all these interests. You know, she played a complete left field pass with her book where she used like packet potato mash and ingredients that no one would associate with her. I would say like I could see her brand, her personal brand and what she does bring brilliant, almost getting a fresh 
lease of life for the next twenty uh, years, thirty years, how long she wants to give it, and and you know bring it back up to date as well. Like she's not on Instagram, for instance. There's just an imposter account on Instagram, and I think working with someone like her would be brilliant. Coming up with a range of products she could put her name to, you know, giving her personal brand a bit of a refresh, and just bring it all up to date for a new generation. I would love to do that. What advice would you give to someone just starting their comms career? So this isn't necessarily about the portfolio side of things, but looking for their first communications opportunities. Are there any, any words of wisdom? I would tell anyone who's considering a career in the communications industry that you just take on everything that's thrown at you. So every opportunity to learn, every opportunity to volunteer or do something, get stuck in, take it. I would say dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So find someone in the consultancy world or in your organization that you'd love to be like when you're older and more experienced and really channel them so you have a role model. And, and also confidence is a great thing, but not overconfidence. So don't get cocky. You know, go in with a healthy interest in learning, taking criticism on board. And, you know, I learned a lot in the early days where I used to be the only Indian among many chiefs, Vicky. I learned a lot by attaching myself to some really incredible people and then just learning everything I possibly could from them. And, you know, that helped me get quite far quite quickly. And I think those would be my three top pieces of advice. And it's a great industry. You know, you should totally get stuck in. What predictions have you got for the future of communications? I know that you're a very optimistic person. Are you feeling optimistic about the future? I am very positive about the communications industry. You know, I've had 20 years is not an insignificant amount of time. And I've seen lots of changes, mostly for the better. I can see that portfolio careers are becoming much more acceptable. People are more open to flexible careers. I've been enormously lucky in my last two roles with bosses who embraced this sort of flexible lifestyle. And in fact, very openly and actively encouraged it and been proud of it. And, you know, diversity is changing. You know, back in the good old day when I started, literally there were no other people of different denominations. You know, I sort of came in with my Indian accent and I see that really changing. It's slow, but it is changing. I think there's always going to be a need for communications and it's becoming much more professional. You know, I I didn't even realize there was a master's in PR course and I was blown away by the 40 students who, you know, joined a Zoom call to hear me speak. Um, They were switched on, they were engaged, they were political. They asked me some really tough questions. There's more transparency, there's better governance. Um, The job, the campaigns are really sophisticated. Uh, You know, social media and digital media have created much more opportunities for integrated thinking. So yes, I, I, I remain eternally optimistic. Brilliant. It's been really interesting talking to you. Thank you so much, Malika Basu. You've been listening to the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. If you'd like to get hold of me, I'm on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook with the handle The DSTM Podcast and I'd love to hear from you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give me some stars or leave me a review. It really helps the podcast to be discovered by more people. And don't forget to subscribe for more interesting conversations about careers and communications. Until next time, thanks for listening.